It is Tuesday, December 12th, 2023, and you're listening to episode number 35 of This Ain't Iowa, Volume 2. like to begin the show today, Tony, by telling uh, one of the funniest jokes I've ever heard. Okay. okay now you ask me, who, who, you ask me who wrote the joke. Who wrote it? Was it AI or was it out of a Christmas cracker? I did. Ooh. I'm just kidding. That's, uh, <laughs> you can, uh, that's, uh, <laughs> I, uh, that's one of the great, uh, 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 Steven Seagal <laughs> stories of all time. <laughs> Google it if, if you've never heard it. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing. Anyway, no, it's a joke by Dave Chappelle. Okay. And, uh, must've been early Chappelle that's got jokes rather than just rants. It was early Chappelle as a matter of fact, it was the late nineties. All right. And, uh, the, the joke is about, uh, Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. And the reason is one of the greatest jokes of all time is because, uh, I mean, listen, all of my audience is exclusively middle-aged men. So you were all alive during this period. I thought you, you know were going that to it's... say Clinton and Lewinsky current to this day. Still, maybe. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, so it's all anyone talked about, right? It was every Letterman monologue. It was every Leno monologue. It was, you know, uh, every terrible comedian in clubs had. In fact, I remember I had just started working the door uh, at the comedy club in Tucson, and uh, there was an opening act that closed his show with a poem he wrote about Bill Clinton and Monica Lewinsky. <laughs> and then he, and then what he did was he, uh, he made a small booklet of the poem. And he sold it like it was his merch. Bill and Monica was his fucking merch. <laughs> uh, and uh, so the reason this the reason this joke is so great is because he took the one thing that everyone on the planet was joking about and he's put a whole new spin on it. So here's the joke. It's basically uh, he's like what I learned from this whole scandal. Uh, and I'm not doing the impression. I'm not trying. I'm just trying to live my life. I don't. Uh, I don't need a bunch of people mad at me. He's like, what I learned about this whole scandal is exactly how famous the president of the United States is. Because imagine being so famous that someone sucks your dick and then they become famous. So that's the joke. And it's it's funnier if you don't have me doing a ten minute build up. I don't know why I did it that way, but. Whatever. Uh, the reason why I decided I wanted to tell that joke now is because I want to say with 100% certainty, Tony, that the most famous person on the planet right now is Taylor Swift. Okay? Yes. You can keep your Kardashians, your Obamas, your Trumps. doesn't matter. Taylor Swift is the most famous person on the planet. And the reason you know she is is because... I'm about to say the name, Jason Kelsey. Do you know who Jason Kelsey is? I do. Isn't he the fat brother or the See? one that's having there sex with Taylor Swift? Jason Kelsey is a uh, yeah. He's he's a very good athlete as well. He's been in the NFL for many years. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a center. 
Now, there's going to be a lot of weird like football nuts who are like, no, he's one of the great. Fine. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure he is. He's been to many Pro Bowls. He's a champion. I get it. But name three other centers currently playing. (laughs) Or have ever played. Yeah. Name name three other centers of all time. Never. You name never, the greatest of all time. Hear, yeah. You never hear about offensive lines. And even if you do, maybe a left tackle. Never the center. No one gives a shit about a center. Now you cannot watch a Philadelphia Eagles game. He's ever If they can get his like the back of his jersey on camera. They were on Monday night uh, a couple of weeks ago. And fucking here's Troy Aikman and Joe Buck, like to, like breaking down a Jason Kelsey block. And I'm like, this has never happened. I've been watching football for decades. It has never happened that two analysts sit and talk about the finer points of a center's footwork. play. It's never happened. The only reason they're doing it is because, yes, he happens to be the brother of the person who's making sweet, sweet love to Taylor Swift. So that is how you know. There is no question. Uh, You don't have to like it, but that is a fact. She's the most famous person on the planet. Yep. With it, like, there's not even anybody close. Like, I'm guessing a good percentage of the population doesn't know that in the US that Biden's president, um, there's nobody famous (laughs) outside of that. There's, like, Putin is famous within Russia, but he's not famous... Elsewhere, and Russia's a lot smaller than the USSR. Um, there's no great like bands these days, like it is individual acts that are famous. Um, mm-hmm. And there's nobody close on the planet. It's really strange that um, you can't even compare anybody to what what Tate's doing at the moment. Man, that sounded terrible coming out of my mouth. I knew it was going to you be, didn't. but you it shouldn't sounded... have said Tate. You shouldn't have said Tate. That it was, was a mistake. It, it really was. <laughs> but I, I don't know whether it's because of internet culture and everything just gets hyped to such an extent. But it's not even close. I, th- I like. I think the Beatles and Stones was like a closer comparison, maybe because there was more people involved. Um, that was a closer comparison. But who is her peer in in fame and music? There. are people that are also great at music, but they don't have her level of fame. Yeah, they're certainly better musicians. You can you can certainly argue that, and <laughs> yes. it's a preference, you know. But but uh, I will say, like, of all the stuff that my, my kids listen to, like, if they're in the car, I'll listen to the, whatever, the pop radio, you know, station on, uh, on satellite radio. I, I hope that a Taylor Swift song comes on because almost <laughs> all of the rest of it is such garbage. I'm like, well, at least she seems to write songs <laughs> and so there's some instruments like I can relate to this as music. So it's it's pretty it's pretty incredible. But anyway, yeah, I, I got to say unexpected, uh, unexpected hero out of all this. Jason Kelsey re- really got himself a sweet <laughs> boost when his brother started dating uh, <laughs> Taylor Swift. Um I, uh, speaking of Chappelle, I, I want to get into uh, some comedy talk today. I haven't uh, done that the last couple months, but before I do, uh, let's talk about let's talk about our big interview for this month. Singer songwriter Jack Johnson. Can I say, just buttery smooth interview. Um, no issues at all. Trying to find a groove there. We absolutely listen. We didn't have to work. It was a seamless hour. First of all, Jack's my guy. I'm not going to have you. Shit all over him. What are you talking about? That was nothing but praise. 
I, uh, you know what I was thinking about? Listen, it's a lot's been said about his delivery. You know, it's a little, there's some pauses. And I got to say, I was thinking about this a lot over the past couple of weeks. And I'm like, I think when you're talking to somebody and they and they do have maybe a more, uh, you know, a, a lot of pauses or, or, you know, they're, they're searching for the right word. I think there's two kinds of people that that pertains to. There's one that legitimately like, they can't think of what to say. They freeze up. They just, you know, whatever. They, they don't have they don't have the content. And I don't think that's Jack. I think he is a super creative person. And I think that sometimes super creative people have too many voices in their head. Like too much stuff comes to their mind that they want to say that it almost log jams it. That's why he's he's such a talented writer. Uh, and, uh, you know, whether it was journalism or songwriting or, or something like that, because he has a moment to organize his thoughts and put them all down. But it's uh, if, if you put him on the spot in an interview, I think it's like when you take a two liter bottle of Pepsi and you just turn it <laughs> just straight over like it did. You know, that's a clug, glug, glug, like it doesn't come out clean. It, there's a little bit of a log jam. So that's what I think happened. But overall, I uh, I enjoyed catching up with him. It, it was great to catch up with him. Uh, it was it was interesting to his, hear his experience from an outsider's point of view on Australia and and what he thinks of the Australian culture. And specifically, it was just one aspect of the Australian culture. But um, yeah, he certainly did get a lot from his time um, in in my favourite city, uh, Melbourne. Um, he seemed to. Um, be a pivotal part of his life, that's for sure. And that that was certainly interesting hearing about that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm I'm glad he came on. It was good to good to chat with him. And um, you know, weirdly enough, uh, a couple of days after I uh, I had taken my daughter. My daughter uh, is a is a cheerleader, and she was in this like Christmas parade up in Henderson. And who did I see at the fucking Christmas parade? King of fucking the fucking Eric. Yep. Ugh. Fucking Eric again showing me up. He's taking pictures. He's following her all the way down the parade route. And I'm like, stop. You know what? Jack was right about you. Stop showing off. <laughs> Got to be fucking better than everybody at everything. Just be miserable and a little bit drunk on the sidewalk like the rest of the dads. You don't have to. You're doing too much. Uh, so anyway, it was it was uh, it was good to catch up with him. Uh, what uh, what have you been up to uh, the the past? I'm going to ask you first because if I leave you to last, then I get I resentful. So what have you been up to? I've just been helping out at the local brewery. Um, so yeah, that that's been sort of the focus of my um, time. Less hobby, more actual work. Work. So that's, what what exactly are you doing there? What is um, your? I'm mainly in the brew house side, so helping out the head brewer. Uh, one of my recipes is on tap at the moment. Anybody in the oh Mafra area, you can check out the arm bender. It's currently on tap and getting canned on the 19th. I'll be helping out with the canning day and occasionally when they're short-staffed, I'll, I'll head to the bar and pull a few beers for them during peak hour. Oh, boy. Let me tell you something. If it's peak hour and they're busy... <laughs> And, uh, and I got a, and you show up with a claw hand. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to take forever. That's why I stick to pulling beers. Um, it's fucking easy. You can do that one handed. It is no a one, drums. it is a one armed operation. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> I don't need you mixing anything. Yeah. All right. Well, if anything gets ordered for mixed drinks, I just hand that off to one of the other staff and they take care of that. So, cause I'm not, I'm not operating jiggers and everything like that. So. 
No, just stick to B. I don't think that that's. I don't <laughs> think that that's for you. That's not for you. Uh, good, good, and uh, and everything in the wake of uh, of uh, Beer Engine Podcon. Good. Yes, I think so. That, that that was our other interview. I thought that's actually who you were going to refer to. It was our interview star because that guy actually came. Well, not prepared with a game, but came up with a game on the fly. That was impressive. I don't know why I didn't think to maybe clear that with anybody, other than the fact that it's a very on brand for me to not yeah, do it. But, but uh, how could you I have just known? threw it at him? I'm like, yeah, yeah. like it's not like you caught up with, with him games. lately at all. Yeah, right. I I had literally seen him t- the the two days prior to that. We uh, <laughs> he had stopped by my office to give me those chips that day, and then uh, we had gone out to dinner the day before, and I think possibly went and played blackjack even the day before that. So I had seen him three days in a row. It never occurred to me to maybe bring it up, yeah. but then I just threw it at him. But listen, he 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 pivoted like a like a goddamn professional that's been working with you for the past couple of years, yep. and uh, and he made it happen. Now, can we talk about this office situation? I really think yeah. you've undersold the uh, fucked up properties of your office from what I understand because of my co-host on the other podcast. Uh, Griff mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. has some strong feelings about your office, where it's located oh, it's, and, it's, uh, yeah, the yeah. vibe that it, that it puts off. The fact that you've got a reception well, desk <clears throat> is kind of amazing for a one-man band. Well, I used to have a receptionist, and then I, uh, you know, unfortunately, when uh, when COVID hit, I had I had dropped her. I mean, I didn't need a receptionist because nobody was coming into the office at that point. But I tried to keep her on part time, but she needed more money and more time, and I, I said, I, right now, I just I can't do it. And so she ended up leaving and and moving to you know uh, I don't know Missouri or something like that. I thought you were going to say Mesquite. Yeah, but now uh, I could, in theory, have a receptionist again. But I'm like, oh, I've been doing it for three years without one. I, uh, yeah. I guess I don't really need to pay another person. So yeah, I do. I have a great receptionist. Here's what, here's what I love about. It. And he's first of all, he's not wrong. My neighborhood has gotten progressively worse uh, since I moved in, like a few years ago. It's, every year has gotten shittier, and uh, and it was just great because, uh, you know. Uh, Griff was giving his what everyone feels was a very racist take on Australia. Yep. <laughs> Being feeling so safe and how you know, yeah, you know, you uh, you get all uh, these ideas that certain neighborhoods are bad, but that's not true. The police make you feel unsafe, not the people. And then, uh, and then he comes to mind. He's like, well, except for here, uh, I actually wish there were more police around here because this whole neighborhood makes me feel unsafe. Every now and then I will, uh, if, if, you know, when the weather's nice like it is now, I will uh, lock up and walk down to like the 7-Eleven or the convenience store in the middle of the day and grab, uh, you know, an iced coffee or something like that. And uh, the last time I did it was last week. And I walked directly past a pile of 100% human shit. A human <laughs> had shit. And I wasn't on some little side street. I was on a main street walking on the sidewalk. Someone just on the rocks right Trail. off the sidewalk on a busy street just took their pants all the way down and laid a giant turd. And I'm like, well, God bless us all. I, okay. Maybe I'm like, let me actually take a picture Maybe they were headed to work. Like, let me, uh, let me, t- yeah, I mean, listen, any normal person would have shit in their pants and then tried to figure it out, bought a, bought a bottle of Febreze and uh, just gone on with the, 
with a six-hour workday um, <laughs> with no underwear on uh, and, and a significant odor. Uh, but I will say that um, I, I almost wanted to take a picture of it because it's some, you know, my lease is going to renew uh, over the summer. And I feel like in my negotiations, perhaps texting my landlord <laughs> a pile of human shit might work in my favor as to, you know, when he tries to jack my uh, office rent up. Yeah, good. Uh, but, or is that a, that a feature? Is there any way, putting your landlord, slumlord cap on, that you could spin that mm-hmm. as a positive? If you, were to, if you were showing a house and that sort of popped up when you were trying to rent a property? Like what, call it, the, call it a compost pile? Yes, and that's what I'm thinking, some... like building fertiliser. You don't need to bring in animal that's, manure. Yeah. You've got animals in the neighborhood. That's what a what a what a great you're, you're cut out for this business, kid. Come see me if you ever <laughs> need a job. Um, yeah, that's a it's a mess. Uh, oh, one other thing, and this is from a while ago. I had I had wanted to bring up. Um, I had talked about uh, a couple of months ago uh, how we went to Universal Studios, all right, for my birthday. Yep. And uh, good trip and everything. I had two different people, and I'll just tell you who they are: Patch. <laughs> And Pierced Rugby. Both of them reached out to me, and they were like, yeah, I liked listening to you talk about Universal Studios. The trick is to uh, to pop a gummy or some shrooms before you go. Because, you know, a lot of the rides... Like this is on yeah, Because uh, a lot of the rides are, you know, are, are, you know, they're screens, and then, you know, it's like an interactive screen and ride experience. He's like, it really makes them great. And on the one hand, they're 100% right. Like, I could completely see how the Simpsons ride, uh, when, you, uh, when you've when you got some shit going on, is probably incredible. But also, like, are they going by themselves? Because I could not parent or, or keep track of my children or any. Like, I, I, would, be, I would be arrested. Uh, there's no way that I could parent my children at a theme park, the paranoia would grip me immediately (laughs) that I had lost them, that they were somehow trapped in the mummy ride. Like I would have lost my entire shit if I was on something. uh, And, and they were there. Now, if you're just going to a theme park alone, God bless you. I recommend, I recommend what they're recommending. But other than that, you're, you're, you're either better or worse parents than me because I could never. Well, I, there's no way Patch is going by himself. Come on. Like, Pierce Rugby, maybe. I could see that happening. But there's no way that Patch is going by himself. You've just got to push that paranoia back to the back of your head. Because you would get just drunk at the hard. I could imagine you having a couple of cocktails. Maybe not drunk, sure. but having a couple of cocktails. Maybe it's about finding oh, that balance that- with the gummy. Maybe you're just not proficient, yeah, that's true. not comfortable with it. You might be right. Maybe that's it. Maybe my relationship with the gummy is uh, is too intense. Um, we'll workshop it. So clearly it. you need to start uh, upping your intake just on those free me. nights that you've got. If you've got any free nights, just what, pop one. What, 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 are you, uh, what are you, a fucking a, an NA sponsor? That's very helpful. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh, you need to quit? Maybe you should just stop being a pussy and get used to it. Fucking That's good. Hard, that good advice. <laughs> All right, I want to uh, I want to talk a little bit about I want to do some uh, some stand up talk. Haven't done that uh, for for the past couple months. Now, there was a uh, 
there was a stand special that was uh, kind of big news, uh, you know, over the last month or so. Do you know the one I'm referring to it on? No idea. Good. Uh, so it was uh, it was the new Netflix special by Matt Rife. Oh, you know, I you do know who know. he is. You're a TikTok guy, so yeah. you probably know who Fucking he is. Fucking oath, I know this disaster of a human being. Uh, so, if you don't know Matt Rife, he is a he's a stand up comic who is primarily known because he is. A listen, he's he's absurdly handsome. Is the is the reality? I, I mean, I'm, as a straight guy. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it, but I look at him and I'm like, fuck, that's a good looking man. He's very, he's like, he looks like a model. Now, if we know anything in this world, it's that those kinds of people should not be comedians. <laughs> comedy is like, it was, you know, I'm old school. Comedy was a survival mechanism for those of us who were not born with good looks. And we had to figure out a way <laughs> to get by. And that was our way. All right, so it's it's already. I mean, I've uh, I've 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 let I've come to a, a certain level of peace with comedy, where I, I try not to get upset with other comics' success because you know it's not like they took my success. That you know, I, I, you're just yeah, you're you getting mad at somebody successful. So. Right. Yep, exactly. Okay. It, it wasn't between me and Matt Wright for this Netflix special, so there's no need for me to be mad at him. But I am. I don't love it. Um, so he uh, here's here's basically and and I and I don't I don't have TikTok so I don't know a lot about his fan base. I have a feeling like I know <laughs> probably who his fan or who a lot of his fans are. But uh he is he, he's very much uh uh enjoyed by women. Um yep. as you might imagine. And I think what what happened somewhere along the line is he became resentful that his popular his popularity was coming primarily from women so he kind of started going the other way with his material to try and make it sort of as you know i don't want to say misogynistic that's not necessarily the right word but you know and edgy is is a word that doesn't mean anything either but bro whatever me. like uh, yeah bro exactly like he really wants to like he he went if he wants to air harder in that, I think he wants more male fans. I think that in his mind that would um, validate him as a comic more. Uh, but uh, yeah, he wants to be Bert he's failing miserably. while looking like a, a muscly lesbian. Not even Burt Kreischer. Like, Burt Kreischer is pretty mainstream. Like, I think that a lot of women can enjoy his comedy. But he's he's trying to, he's almost trying to be like an Anthony Jeselnik, but without the talent <laughs> of an Anthony Jeselnik. So, it, the whole the whole big thing started with, with his opening joke, where he tells this joke about a... Um, uh, seeing a woman with a black eye at a restaurant. She's the hostess at a restaurant. And his buddy says, like, wow, I can't believe, like, you know, they're just having, like, this woman who's got a black eye seat people. You know, at the very least, they should put her in the kitchen. And then the big payoff is if she knew how to work in the kitchen, she probably wouldn't have a black eye. Now, a lot of people got upset because it's a domestic violence joke. No, forget that. Um, domestic now, violence can be funny. That just wasn't a good punchline. Anything block. can be anything can be funny if you're talented. Uh, he's not talented. That joke wasn't fu- like what is this an episode of Mad Men? Like that joke wasn't fucking funny in the fifties. It's hack. It's yep. he opened it with like the hackiest 
dumbest domestic violence joke ever, right? And then, he, like, later on in the special, he tells, like, a whole story about being on an airplane and people being mad at him because he didn't want to put his bag under the seat and some fat lady, you know, was, you know, yelling at him on Twitter and, you know, and he's like, well, whatever, you probably take up two airlines. Like, it's just the dumbest, like, he thinks he's being, like, so subversive and edgy and, and and what what specifically is annoying about the culture we live in is now all these people like the quote unquote like anti woke folks like come rallying around yep. in his defense. First of all, they don't give a shit about this guy. I promise you. No. Like this is not the kind of person that those people are watching. All right, but they're rallying around like, yeah, you know, whatever. People just hate him because he's saying no. They're, that's 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 ridiculous. Like it's just it's not. Good. Ask Bill Burr if you can tell those kinds of jokes. That's Ask Doug exactly Stanhope. Ask Anthony Jeselnik. Yep. Like, you can, if you're fucking good, you can do it. Yep. Where's the joke, bro? Like, the jokes were so hacky and so bad. And that's why I have convinced myself that it's okay for me to hate him. I'm not just hating him because he's very handsome, although I don't love that about him. Uh, but, uh, I hate it because, like, that's how he decided to deal with it well, by being like, yeah. Go ahead. Did you hear about his latest controversy? It doesn't involve a woman, but it involves him picking a fight with a six-year-old. No, I, I'm actually not. Uh, I'm not aware. Of the, well, what? I, I don't know how this six-year-old was. I think his mother put him up to be like a performative thing, you know, in this social Probably. media age, which is pretty shitty in the first place. But then he like Agreed. tweeted back, I can't wait to see your mum on OnlyFans to a six-year-old. That's so fucking stupid. Like, yeah, all right. First of all, I definitely take issue with the, uh, with the mom. Like she yeah. didn't have to like. You know, because she wants to fuck this guy, she didn't have to put her her yeah. child up uh, to, to interacting with him. Because the kid but was also, correcting him what? a joke about satin and the rings and whatever else. You don't have to engage with everybody on the internet. Because somebody, like, if you have any <laughs> level of fame, people are going to, like, pick at you, send you messages, shit on you. Uh, you, can, you can just pretend it's not there. You can ignore it. Like, how fragile, and believe me, I'm a comic, I understand fragility, but how fragile does, does this guy have to be to, to like, be like, well, I have to engage with this six-year-old? Yeah, pick, uh, your, pick your battles, though. Like, you don't have to just, ignore everybody. Shit? But you don't have to ignore everybody. Yeah. You're allowed to punch back. But at least punch back and make it look kind of like a fair fight. This is just like, even if the line had been hilarious, which it wasn't, um, it looks like you're punching down. And I'm not saying you have yeah. to actually have a fear Literally fight. down because a yeah. child is small. <laughs> like it's ridiculous. A child is small. A child is dumb. A, a child is a disease-carrying, like, walking thing on two legs. Okay. Uh, well, you probably maybe maybe you took it an extra step too far. But, uh, all right. Well, you, you think about the amount of diseases you've caught off your children with colds and whatever else. That's all they're really good for. Specifically. That and burning money. Um, that's what they're yeah. really good for. Um, but, like, just pick a, another, like, guy or girl of the same age that, that is not unattractive and pick on them. Like, they don't even have to be the same, like, social 
status as you. But when you're just like picking on six-year-olds or or fat people or or women or or whatever it may be, um, it just comes off as kind of petty, kind of bad, um, or engage with everybody and then you're a fucking lunatic. They're your options. Yeah. Pick, pick a perceived fair fight or pick on everybody. And Scorch yeah, he's, uh, he's, doesn't work. Yeah, and like I said, I mean, on the one hand, this is how he became famous, right? Like, the, the reality is, like, he should probably, I think he said he was 28 years old. He should probably, at this point in his life, as long as he's been doing comedy, like, he should probably be a club comic. Yep. Maybe a middle, maybe like a feature act you know, maybe headlines, one-nighters or something like that. Like, that's probably where he should be. I'm not saying the guy doesn't have some ability, um, but that's what he should be doing. Like, he's not he's not there yet. There's a reason why, like, most of the comics that you'll see kind of breaking through with really, really good stuff are in their mid-30s, early 40s, right? Like, the, you know... Uh, I'm going to name a couple of other people who I do think are great, who I do think you should go uh, watch their stuff if you haven't yet. But, uh, like, he he kind of fast-tracked himself because he got this fame through social media. And, and good for him. Like, it's it's hard. It's hustle. I didn't have it in me. He does. So, you know, he should he should use it. But now it's now it's become, a, like, its own, its own thing. Uh, and also, there's this really annoying trend in, in stand-up as far as social media goes, where you see very few comics posting themselves doing material. Most of what you see on social media are comics posting crowd work or yeah. this guy yelled this out. And so what happens is if you just put that out, right, if that's what you're putting out into the world, then that's what people think comedy is. So, yeah, they're going to think they can throw shit at you, whether it's in real, like in front of a live audience or online. They're going to think, yeah, this is the kind of stuff he does. You know, he talks to me. I talk to him. We give each other shit like it's it's ridiculous. It's yep. ridiculous. Uh, and I just I don't know. I don't I don't like that part of it. Um, and uh, and like I said, don't I don't care if you hate, I don't think you should hate him because you think he is a misogynist and I don't think you should hate him. Uh, because, um, you know, of, of uh, any anything to do with his act or free speech or whatever you think it is, hate him because he's just not very good at it. Like, yeah. he, his jokes are hacky. It's not it's not good. If you want if you want that, if you want, quote unquote, anti woke comedy, it exists in more talented people that do it with an expert hand and not just with a fucking sledgehammer. Cause uh, they think that that's what, you know, will will make them, you know, uh, edgy. Like even his tags are not funny. Like he, I was just reading how he responded to the uh, Netflix special controversy. He uh, um, put out a statement and he um, linked to a website that offered safety helmets for, for people with disabilities. 